This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com. Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and today we're going to be talking uh, about uh, the protocol that was released on January 3rd. And if you need to know what that means, <laughs> uh, our previous episode covered, uh, gave a overview and covered that in detail. Today we're talking specifically about um, teenagers and how we can um, help our youth and young adults engage with this process, this and do all that. And uh, to do that, we've got a couple incredible youth ministry veterans here to help us out. So would you guys introduce yourself, tell us who you are and where you're from. Hi, I'm Claire Condry. I'm from the Central Texas Conference. Uh, Our offices are in Fort Worth. And I am the coordinator of youth ministry, so I get to plan youth ministry events that churches have the opportunity to participate in. Those events are planned uh, alongside a youth leadership team that actually makes sure everything happens. And my name is Chris Wilterdink. I serve as the director of Young People's Ministries, and uh, I serve at Discipleship Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee. That means that I get to uh, organize and resource things to help uh, advocate on behalf of young people and those who serve young people in ministry. Uh, It means some event planning. It means some writing. It means uh, some traveling. But mostly it means... Some. uh, Yes, that's right. Some. (laughs) Some. Because that is the appropriate amount for my family. (laughs) Where in the world is Chris Chris Wilton? (laughs) That's right. Um, So it does mean some travel, indeed. Uh, It also means that uh, I really exist to help equip and empower um, local churches, annual conferences, um, to accomplish their role of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Hashtag UMC. (laughs) All right, so we kind of ended the last episode where this one uh, begins, and that is, uh, like, what is required? Uh, is there an age requirement? Like, what is required to be a sort of full voting member of your average Methodist church? Because voting is going to be a thing uh, in, in regards to this. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the voting age in the United States? <laughs> uh, 18. 18, yeah. You can cast a vote in the United States in the government elections when you're 18. Mm-hmm. In a United Methodist Church, once you complete confirmation, mm-hmm. whatever age that is, you are a member of the church. Right. If you look at the confirmation vows, which are written to mirror the baptismal vows that are right. given on behalf of a young person in their baptism, um, that is a young person taking on the, the weight, um, the ability to be a load-bearing member mm-hmm. of uh, United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And that should open the door for them to... Um, serve as an adult member of the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, does that always happen? Uh, no, it probably doesn't, right? Like, when when was the last administrative council meeting that um, youth were invited to? Mm-hmm. Uh, or are meetings scheduled at times that youth mm-hmm. could actually attend them? Right. There are challenges that go along with it, but yes, when you have completed confirmation and you are a member of your local church, you've got the ability to attend your church's organizational meetings and make your voice heard and cast votes. I remember... Uh, when I was growing up, that was a, a super formational thing for me. Mm-hmm. I felt called into ministry to, at a young age, and one of the things that my youth pastor did was he asked me to attend mm-hmm. the board meetings and um, and then to report back to the youth ministry, mm-hmm. like what 
happened and what's being decided. And I, I, I remember, like, I felt the, I felt like I was really a part of the church, yeah. you know? And, and it's unfortunate when churches don't do a good job of that because mm-hmm. they're missing a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't, I haven't told this story, I don't think, to anybody in this room, and I haven't told it in a long, long time. Well, we'll pretend like you haven't. If- That's fine, yeah. <laughs> if it sounds familiar, act surprised anyway. Um, yeah, so I must have been either a freshman or a sophomore, and I was the president of our youth leadership team at my local church. Um, at St. Andrew United Methodist, which has relocated since I went there. It used to be in Littleton. Now it's in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Uh, but I was sitting on the administrative council because I was the president of the youth leadership team. And we had a proposal for painting the outside of our church. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> me being my like idealistic freshman or sophomore self was like, you know what? Our youth group takes mission trips every summer and we go paint other churches and we paint other houses. Mm-hmm. And we don't think that the youth are good enough to paint our own church. What? Yeah. <laughs> and my youth minister's kind of looking at me like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of opening up a can. But, um, but being in that space, right? Yeah. Like uh-huh. having a voice where that perspective was able to be heard. Right. Even though they ended up contracting with somebody to paint this right. church. As um, they probably As they have. probably should have. <laughs> In retrospect, um, you know, the, the chance to have young people in leadership and have their voices heard and understand how their, their process works and why their youth ministry might give a young person that opinion, right, right that should be shared, right? right. Like, it, it's a yeah. value statement of some kind to say, mm-hmm. well, we're good enough to go work on somebody else's but not work on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, actually led to some really interesting conversations within the Ad Council and how youth yeah. were present within the church. So it is a very empowering thing to be recognized as a member. Well, and it's an important voice to be, to be had because there is, there's change that can be affected by the sort of, and I, and I know that this is not a term that people often use with teenagers anymore, but the sort of innocence mm-hmm. of the, a, a, a youth voice in the room. Uh, there, when, before I was in youth group, our church built a new building <clears throat> and the church was about to split over the naming of the building they oh just built. Goodness. Right? There were two Worth factions. <laughs> right? There were two factions. Two names. Right? Two saints oh. that were important in the life of the church. Right? And uh, and they had this meeting where it was almost like a wedding. People sitting, I'm no. told, like sitting with their delegation about the naming. And people were like, we're going to leave if the whatever and so they had this big fight and they were going to do this thing and then apparently uh one of the teenagers that was there raised their hand and spoke and i'll just tell you the two names it was co this last person's name and divane was another last person's name another person's last name they the teenager said well why don't we just call it the co divane building <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it was the building that was going to have that the youth in it, right? And and it did it. Nice. Like the room, their voice and their mm-hmm. innocence and this very logical solution mm-hmm. cut through all the adult crap, right? That was going on, and and I, and I. I, I Tell that story every confirmation mm-hmm. to our kids to 
to let them know, like, not only are you, do you have permission to be there, but the church needs you there. Right. Because sometimes none of those idiot adults are going to come <laughs> up with the Codevane building. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. No offense to anybody that was in my church growing up. <laughs> seriously. Well, and, and Claire, working on the annual conference yeah. level, I, yeah. I know that at annual conference meetings, mm-hmm. uh, when young people speak, right. people have a tendency to listen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are very lucky in our conference that we typically get 20 minutes to have a youth address every annual conference. Um, And the only direction that I ever give the youth, that anybody ever gives the youth, is what is God calling you to say? Mm -hmm. And it's, you're right. I mean, it's probably one of the more attentive 20 minutes that I see during that time. So it does. And I think it changes how we receive information too, kind of like you're saying, like, Maybe had an adult stood up there and said that, maybe he or she could have been laughed off the stage. Like, who right. knows? But I, I think something, oftentimes we can recognize something within ourselves of, okay, I, I need to take a step back here. Or mm-hmm. I need to change how I'm saying things right now yeah. um, when we recognize that the youth are there and they're with us. Okay, so as a youth worker in a local church, um, what do you do? I mean, it's, it's tentative ground. Like, this is the kind of stuff that divides churches. It is dividing in right. the denomination. So what What do you do? They have the right, mm-hmm. right? Where do you go from there? Like, you now know this if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't. Right. Okay, so what's the next step? Well, which are we talking about? To help... Im- Empower your students to do whatever. To prepare for general. Maybe, right? or I don't know. Or is potentially that, the is response. That what we do? Like, we're just in this place. Like, yeah. we're, we're recognizing we're right now when, we, when we're recording this, it's about a, a, it's less than a week from when this thing has been released. Right. So, you know, but right in that space, like mm-hmm. for the youth worker that's in their office right now trying to process and figure out what do I do with the kids? Mm hmm. What, what do we what do they what do we do? So first off, make sure they're informed. Okay. Right. Um. And and I know from youth directors that I've spoken to that have run into this, you'll want to talk to your pastor first. Yes. Um, yes. And really try to have your pastor present for that conversation because it, it is my personal opinion, and y'all can tell me if you agree or not. Um, we are here to present information. Um, and not to present what is correct or incorrect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have your pastor there to in, help ensure and have that second voice of, yes, that's what we did. So make sure that your students are informed of what's going on. Give them the space to ask questions. Um, and then beyond that, once you know that they fully understand what's happening, um, it really depends on what kind of area of impact you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, with our conference council we've had the ability to have delegates come in and speak to our youth um, and share with them uh, to they did the information piece for us Mm -hmm. Um, and then they also talked to us about what was what was that space like right because Mm -hmm. for those of us that watched the special session the cameras went off right right? and we don't know what's happening or the camera's only looking at this one specific thing um so having that broad perspective was really helpful um and then if you're able to have if you're able to get a delegate to your church which i imagine you probably would be Mm -hmm. um because 
there's going to be at least one that's receptive to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that also lets them really see that they have a voice, that yeah. it's being heard. If that's not an option, we talked about letters and things like that. Um, and then maybe creating avenues for them to be able to speak to their church. Because where we are right now, there's not likely going to be a, a wide church meeting about this, mm-hmm. right? Where we are right now, we're probably not looking at votes. Um, but to give an opportunity to make sure healthy conversations are going to be had. And if our youth can model that, mm-hmm. um, I think our adults might be much more effective at that. Yeah. That would be my starting point. Chris, I mean, what role does, do you think it plays, or maybe it doesn't have an influence, as to like what a church has done leading up to this point? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting dynamic because different churches have handled the flow of information in different right. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, just because General Conference has been dealing with this issue for nearly 50 years mm-hmm. doesn't mean that a local congregation has been dealing with it right. for that amount of time. Um, so particularly since 2019, you know, if a, if a church has not done uh, the informing stage, Mm-hmm. Of letting people know, young people, old, any age, really. Right, right. Um, then that's a genuine place to start because that right. transparency of information is genuinely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the decisions that are getting made are are very, very big decisions that have some right. big ramifications. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another place that uh, I think I might encourage people to start, um, you know, is is looking within their own community. Mm-hmm. Uh, about what the effects of the decisions mm. that might be in front of them would look like. Because right. uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be so contextual. It's, yeah. it's just going to change based on where your church is, how big your church is, who goes to your church, you know, those sorts of things. Right. Um, that um, in a lot of ways, whatever decisions get made in May, mm-hmm. uh, if you're having conversations before May, they should, in theory, set the table for then right. you to activate some sort of response within your local church after Mm -hmm. whatever happens between May 5 and May 15 of 2020 happen. Um, So yeah, that that informing stage is, I think, where we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say that there probably needs to be some attention paid to the care that is made available. Mm -hmm. Um, Because depending on the young person um, who is uh, exploring or starting to understand what their sexuality looks Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, this process could still feel dangerous or right. it yeah. could still feel harmful. Um, just because adults can read this document and say this is an obvious compromise between a couple of different political groups that are right. trying to pull the church one way or another, a youth could look at it and say, I am personally affected by this particular thing and right. have just genuine emotional responses. So I think that that chaplaincy, that yes. counseling, that caring part probably needs to be um, high on the list mm-hmm. right next to the informational stuff as well mm-hmm. and then at some point uh, so the way it works with this at some point a lot of annual conferences are going to have a vote right um, so can you help me understand uh, how do the who, who are the people that are voting on this at annual conference it's a really good question, right? For who is elected to be able to go there. Right. The, the mixture of clergy and laity mm-hmm. um, that are selected through that annual conferences. I'm at annual conference, not at general conference. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. At annual So conference. when the annual conference, yeah. if all of what was is proposed is passed, and many annual conferences will then make a vote. Yep. So who are the delegates to annual conference? Yep. Clergy. Also, all the clergy mm-hmm. are all the delegates. Clergy. 
Yep. And then... And that means your local church pastor. Right, your local church pastor is a delegate. And um, as long... And they have, they're able to vote as long as they're not a licensed local pastor. Mm-hmm. They do not have the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's laity from each church. Right. Yep. Right? And so there's at least one lay person for each church. And if they have, you're in a church with multiple pastors, I found out one of my friend's churches here in Texas has like 300 pastors at it. So and they would also have 300 laity. Um, <laughs> but, um, and then there's also some at-large members from districts and right. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that annual conference, there might be youth dele- a youth right. delegate from your church. But you might not. Right. So, um, but is there a requirement for there to be young representation from young people at annual conferences? There is, yes. If you go into the Book of Discipline, um, there are requirements and there are suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, for the, for the voting uh, laity groups, uh, youth and young adults, um, youth being defined between 12 and 18, Young adults being defined between 18 and 30 right. um, should have representation. So that means that we, you should be able to call your annual conference office and say, who are the youth-aged delegates? So that, you know, my in, first thing is they can talk to their pastor. Right. They can talk to the lay delegate from their church. But they could also talk to the youth delegates. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. say, here's, we want you to know. Yeah. This is what we want our annual conference to do or not do. Absolutely. Right? And the youth themselves can let their pastor know that they would like to be a delegate going mm-hmm. to annual conference. Right. Though most of them, as of right now... Would already be selected. Would have already most been selected. Most likely, yes. Right? Um, but, you know, that's not always the case. Like, I know that at the last minute, things change. Absolutely. And people can or can't go. So mm-hmm. I've, we've had to change people at our church like right. the week before. So knowing that there's a teenager that wants to go, that if that mm-hmm. happens, that, that might actually do that, even if they've already been set. You know? And we had a church uh, where they actually, an adult actually gave up their spot oh, wow. so that the youth could go mm-hmm. when they yeah. found mm-hmm. out that the youth was interested. So wow. you never know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it, the, voting, the voting delegates or the voting groups are limited. Right. right, but attendees are generally not right. right? Like if you want mm-hmm. to go and be present mm-hmm. um, and and talk and um, you know if a youth group all wanted to go together, yeah. if they've never been to annual conference, yeah. it can be very eye opening um, for and how work. decisions. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, yes, it depends Depending on which on which attend. part of the meeting you go to. Right? <laughs> if you go to uh, the clergy retirement, sure. uh, that can be super eye opening. Yeah, be like oh. Yeah. Isn't that what you think? Yeah. Um, or and especially if you put that right next to the number of people that they are ordaining, which is normally vastly yes, different. Right. Right. Um, you know that said, another challenge of annual conference meetings is often they are scheduled at times that are not convenient for young people to right. be able to go. Right. Right. Um, some of them meet before school uh, is complete. Right. So like it's during the school day. It's during the week. It's very hard to be there in person. Um, so if I'm a youth worker and I'm trying to figure out ways for my young people to virtually connect or make their right. voices heard or be an advocate on their behalf, 
Um, I do think something about like, you know, writing letters and getting those to the CCYM or trying to put together some sort of organized statement that a youth group could, you know, add their name to or those Mm -hmm. kinds of things, um, you know, might be powerful witnesses um, for how to be present. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the 2019 special call general conference, um, there was a group of young people that started a, a statement. Right and uh, shared it electronically. It was a Google Doc. It was available for something like 16 hours. And in 16 hours, it got over 15,000 signatures because it went around the world um, as people shared and signed and did those things. Um, And it was able to be read on the floor. Um, It ultimately, you know, it's not a piece of legislation or anything like that. But um, there are mechanisms in place if you've got relationships with voting delegates with your senior pastor. Mm Because like you said, if they're clergy, they've got to vote. Make sure that they know how the youth of your church feel, because it, in the end, you know, any discussion that we're having about the future of the church, yes. whatever the church is going to look like, uh, you know what? I've probably lived half my life in the church. Mm-hmm. I probably have more church behind me than I have in front of me, mm. right. um, unless medical care continues to accelerate. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a head in a jar, and I'm, you know, like, still oh, wow. got my spot in my pew, you know, like 300 years from now. I'm Do like, you want that? I don't. <laughs> Well, it depends on the pastor. No, that's not fair. Um, it depends on the jar. Yeah, it depends on the jar. It's, it's a good point. I want like a nice big jar. Yeah, I want like yeah. a roomy, I don't want to be bumping my head. Concussion protocol when I'm a floating head sounds terrible. And this is the kind of gripping analysis <laughs> that people come to the Youth Work Collective for. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Um, anyway, I was going to say... Um, for young people, mm-hmm. right? Like these discussions about the future yes. of the church. Um, if you're not involving young people in the conversation, those are the people that are going to spend most of their lives in the future of whatever it is mm-hmm. that we yes. create. Yes. So given that you hope to be creating disciples who are going to transform the world and you hope that they live right. out their call in your expression of church, you'd better involve them in the conversation. Right. Yes. Um, and then, so annual conference votes or not, um, then the local church votes. Right. And as we started out this conversation, all of those kids are able to vote. And I think at that point, if it comes to that, and I hope your church does not have to go through that. Um, uh, one of the things I think youth workers can do, it, are impar- it is imperative that they do it. And it... Depending on how hostile things get, it could cost them their job, but those students are allowed to vote. Mm-hmm. You need to make you need to just put your body in the way yeah. of any scheduling that means they can't be there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and of any quickness that means they won't know about it. Uh, and make sure that 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 it is that whenever that vote is scheduled, however that vote is scheduled, they know about it. And it is at a time where they can come. And, um, you know, beyond that, I think you've got to tread your own, walk your own line. Right. As to how much you feel like you should, could advocate for one side or the other. I know that as a youth worker, I would have my own personal opinions. But ultimately, my perspective would be I want to empower kids to, to have a voice. Right. Even if I disagree with them, right. that voice. And and also, that means that there, I might be empowering two groups of kids, three groups right. of kids. You know, they have different things, different perspectives, and getting them what they need in order to, 
to to have their voice heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you can expect uh, to hear from us uh, on this issue in an ongoing way as things roll out. We're going to do our best to resource United Methodist youth workers and um, and around this issue and a whole bunch of others because at the end of the day you probably still need a game for Sunday, right? <laughs> and we'll keep doing that. Might I need, need a game right now. So <laughs> wow. uh, but, um, but all this stuff, you know, we, we don't want you, when you get online, we don't want you to feel like you're alone, but that, that there's somebody with your back. And that's what we want to do as Youth Worker Collective. We want to be your first resources for lessons and games and ideas and coaching. You can find all that at youthworkercollective.com. And more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.